Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Let's go! It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza. Joining me on this episode of Law and Order is Chris Anderson. Jurisprudence, Chris. Nothing spices up my Wednesday like a little court transcription, the pacer system. And federal rulings, temporary restraining order granted. And actually, I'm lying. Temporary restraining orders granted. Federal judge in Wheeling rules for 14 days. The NCAA cannot enforce his transfer rules, which in the situations involving Raekwon battle and also Noah Farrakhan means they cannot play. Well, those rules are suspended for 14 days. More importantly, Chris, the restitution rule is also enraptured by this. TRO, which means that not only can you play players who might be benched by the transfer rules, but the NCAA cannot come back and have punitive restitution, which means they cannot retroactively punish West Virginia for playing transfers who are later found to be ineligible. One's a big deal. The other is a massive deal. It answers some questions. It asks a few others. That's why we're here. Where, oh, where do we begin? Are you surprised? Is my first question. First off, counselor, I'd preferred if you'd call me your honor. Okay. Fair. I think I've deserved it with my 47 minutes of listening into a Zoom call on federal court. So I am not surprised. Well, I'm not surprised after listening to the first few minutes of it because before they ever brought the witnesses on for their testimonies and for their cross, um, and he was talking with the lawyers from both sides. It, it it screamed he was leaning one way and he was leaning this way, um, kind of pointing out the NCAA's hypocrisies and asking a lot tougher questions of the NCAA lawyer and then the state attorney generals. And it just it kind of felt like, oh, this is leaning this way. And honestly, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, a little bit more, but it also felt. Like maybe the NCAA felt that way too, because then just some of the questions they were asking some of the players, I don't want to say were irrelevant, but they seemed like they were more focused on, you know, this this hearing is about, you know, antitrust laws and, you know, all, all that stuff with the NCAA as a whole. And then all their questions for these players, for these witnesses, were about their specific NIL deals and the reasons for their transfers and stuff like that. And I don't know. It seemed like he was going in 18 different directions. Like he already knew what the, the general ruling was going to be, but was trying to pick apart the individual cases. A couple of things here. It's not quite two o'clock as you and I are talking a few minutes before that. This ruling's been out for about 20 minutes now. By the time that we publish this, the NCAA could appeal the hearing. 
excuse me, could appeal the ruling. Um, my understanding of that is that because this is temporary, it might not get much traction or anything. We also might hear from West Virginia, which leads us to this. I told you that they have basically suspended temporarily the transfer eligibility rules, which for Noah Farrakhan and also Raekwon Battle means that, yes, in fact, you can transfer twice. And just because you haven't graduated from your second school doesn't mean you can't play the third one. So, yeah, those guys are eligible to play as soon as Saturday, the Hall of Fame Classic in Springfield against UMass. And because they suspend the restitution rule, which I don't know how many people even knew about before the past couple of days, that means the NCAA can't come back, prevail in court, or have the rule not changed, and then say, you know what? Yes, the court did say that they were not ineligible. That doesn't mean they're eligible. Ergo, you played ineligible players, and you're going to have to forfeit wins and more. Who knows? Chris, this does not mean that one, the other, or both plays. There are going to have to be some serious questions and answers here. Why? I just told you how the runway is clean and they can take off. True. This is a 14-day TRO. It is not for the rest of the season. It is not in perpetuity. It's temporary. West Virginia plays three games in the next 14 days. At UMass, home against Radford, home against Toledo. If the 14-day TRO runs out and the rule doesn't change, or if the NCAA prevails later on, or if the TRO isn't extended, well, guess what? The rules are then eligible again, including the ability to enforce the rule and retroactively punish, in which case West Virginia may not choose to play them anymore. If you just play three games and then all of a sudden the rules are back on the books, you are ineligible and we can come back and retroactively punish you. Fine, you don't play anymore. You've used a season of eligibility. Now you have to grab a crystal ball or a magic eight ball or get your palm red or go get some tarot cards and figure out how this is going to turn out. And just as I'm speaking this and thinking about this and looking at my phone right now, um, some messages here, uh, that's that's a consideration that they're going to have to spend some time on right now. Um, you might save for three games, but you might also not because what is a three-game season at this point? And that's the biggest question. That is, that is at this point, you know, there's a lot of intricacies to this, and they always are once the law gets involved and the government gets involved, the NCAA is involved, the school is involved, NCAA, like, I mean, there's things that are going to be happening that, you know, are going to be weird and complicated and and stuff that, honestly, people don't really care about. They just want to know the answers to. And this, whoa, this, though, what you're discussing right now, that's the biggest thing. Do you run the risk? Are you running the gamble of playing them for three games, or do you wait? Three more games. Like, do do you think they're going to give the answer on the 27th? You say, hey, we waited this long. We wait three more games just to be sure. Because you know what's worse than not being eligible for the rest of the season? Is playing three games, then not being eligible for the rest of the season, and being done for next year as well. And and the NCAA lawyer, again, he, he specifically asked Battle, and this was kind of unrelated, but asked him, hey, why why are you so dead set kind of on playing these last 18 to 20 games, whatever it is, instead of playing a full 31 next year? Why? And pointed that out and reminded him that he had eligibility next year. Now, it's not up to the NCAA to decide for him what's best for him. Mm-hmm. That's up for battle to decide, which is a big thing, but that is just a reminder of what could happen here. It's it's Next year is still on the table, but the only thing worse than having to wait till next year 
is never being able to get it at all. Mm-hmm. The question you just asked, you just raised of the uh, NCAA lawyer asked, here's the response from Raekwon Battle. Um, Would you rather play 18, 20 games than not play at all this year? Battle says, I feel like it's better for me. I feel like I've already established myself as a basketball player. And the connections I made with this team were kind of inseparable. I love this team to death, and I want to be out there and support them going toward the same goal every day. If it's 18 games, it's 18 games. I don't mind. If it's three games, what do you do? I don't know. There's a lot that could happen here. The, the order could be repeated, extended. The NCAA may just drop the defense here because perhaps they realize this is going to be a circle that's going to keep going around and around. Let's try to instead work on the case. Who knows, right? So there, there's a lot left to be written here which is fine, but you don't get there unless you have this. This is a landmark occasion. I think a lot of people were surprised by it, but again, um, this also takes West Virginia off the hook for something here too because they were not going to play battle if the restitution rule was still in place. They were not going to play Farrakhan if the restitution rule was still in place. Getting rid of that is a big, big deal, and that's why you know you kind of perked up when you saw the lawsuit and so much time devoted toward that. Neither one of the lawsuits specifically asked for TRO seeking a relief from that, but Really clearly, once they got that hearing, you knew they're up to something. And then it was indicated to us, Chris, that, yeah, that's a possibility that we are absolutely going to leverage for here. And lo and behold, that's what happened. I think a lot of people were curious as to whether or not that would happen. But legally or even from a from a judicial sense, what sense does one make without the other? You're not really granting relief there. In fact, you're still giving the NCAA that monopolistic power to be arbitrary and capricious, which are the words they've used um, by just giving them the right to come back and punish you for something, even though a court says that you were okay to do it. And that's a bad look for a judge to let that go, or that's a bad look for the NCAA to actually lean into being a monopoly that can choose its own rules and how and when it applies them. So probably should have seen all on that was going to be that. But that that restitution rule is a big, big deal. It's bugged people for a long, long time. I don't know if that ever comes off the books or not, but like, boy, that's a that's a weak leg to stand on right now for the NCAA, especially when it's being argued that you can be a bully. And you can be random and, and wanted and arbitrary because you can come back after the fact and say, yeah, the court says this, but actually we don't listen to the court. You listen to us. That's that's a hard look right there, too. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you think do you, do you think they both play? Because I think you could definitely make an argument that absolutely battle plays, e- even if it's just a three-game season. Farrakhan, I don't know. I just don't know about that one there. Um, he has not been part of the plan of the conversation for a while, but this is a team that is getting parts back, and boy, they'd like to have another point guard and like a bouncy guy like him. Uh, this this just changes a whole lot of things pretty quickly, but in, in a time of the season right now where a week between games and then three games in 14 days, that's really spread out. They could, they could hit the ground running here, too. They could look very different by the time conference play starts. And when I say very different, manpower, but also talent, capability, achievement potential, too. I'm West Virginia, and like this is going to come out a little bit cold-hearted, like not taking into account kind of... I mean, well, honestly, I think the answer from both of the, the players, Battle and Farrakhan, is they want to play now, right now, think. Um but if I'm WVU, I'm asking, 
can it get any worse? What what does it matter? You know, at this point, because if you look at it as a simple, you know, if you're, you're if you play them, things go well. This team gets off the ground. They start going. All of a sudden, something special could happen for the rest of the year. Again, we talked about this on a podcast earlier in the week. When I say something special, I mean a potential fringe NCAA tournament team with those two guys. And if you do, and if you play them and things go well, that can happen. If you play them and then the ruling changes, you're just back to where you are right now. And then you might might not have either of them for next year, but there's no guarantee you have either of them for next year anyway. Now, we've already heard about agents trying to get battle to leave. We've already seen West Virginia deal with this. Hey, don't worry. At least you got next year. And then they leave and Jose Perez. So the positive, the gains of this outweigh the potential losses for me. And I'm going for it because if it gets changed in 14 days, you're just right back to where you were anyway. So go for it. Play them. Let it ride. Another outcome here, too, is that is there a lawsuit that says, hey, those three games don't actually count because you got yourself into this mess. Why did I get pulled down with you? I'm actually going to grammar check myself for a second here. I was just about to use a, a very big word. I think I said enraptured before, and I think I meant to say ensnared. I don't think you get enraptured by a court ruling, but you might get ensnared by one. Uh, let's rewind that. Maybe I'll go back and check on it. My thesaurus is open on my desk, Chris. Something else in that battle question and answer with the lawyer that was interesting. Uh, the same line of question that you referenced and I followed up on is the lawyer asks, you know, how many players were on the team? How many transferred in? How many transferred out? When you come back next year, how many players will be on the team? How many will be leaving? And Battle was like, who knows? <laughs> was like that the was most a great honest answer. thing. It was the most great honest answer. thing anybody said under under sworn testimony. That was the most honest thing anybody said. He's right. I'm not sure he it was it wasn't a very long answer, but sure it was deep. Um and, and here we are right now, because who knows, which kind of brings you to this thing about the urgency of the matter. Who knows what it's like? Who knows what's around next year? Like I, people want to make an argument of, well, wouldn't it be great to have Battle and Paracon and Slazinski and Kreese next year on the team because you could have all of them rather than you know squandering final season of eligibility because a new coach could find this very attractive. I don't think the players care about that. I don't think they think of themselves as like you know lines in a real estate listing, you know, like oh we have a fence backyard, oh we have Raekwon Battle. I don't think that really matters to the players. They're, they're here for right now and to go through a battle's gone through to have the support that I, I wouldn't even say he's generated, but I would think that has risen around him and supported him here is, is pretty significant. I can't see him saying no. I can't see university saying no. I just don't know enough about Farrakhan's situation. Perhaps he sees a, a line next year where I, I don't know, like Kobe Johnson could be back next year. Creasa definitely back next year. Does he want to be in the backcourt? All those guys, does he want to roll the dice that maybe one of them leaves? Who knows? Does he want to be on the court to be a third guard this year? What does that do to Jeremiah Bembry? There's a whole lot going on there right now, but maybe maybe they've had these conversations. And again, maybe by the time that we press publish on this, Chris, there's some sort of a declarative statement from the university, a timeline of sorts, if-then scenario as to what we can expect. But even that, hard conversations, difficult decisions, that's still good news compared to the alternative, which was an absolute absence of conversations and decisions like that because you had no incentive to believe you needed to make them or have them. All right. I want you on the record. Are they going to play? Yes on battle. Yes on Farrakhan. 
All for one, one for all, Chris. We have the the 14 Musketeers now. Mountaineers. Boat, I mean, I've already said why I would if I were the coach, but I also believe they they kind of feel the same way. And the players want to play. The coaches want them to play. The other players on the team don't want to suck anymore. Like, not that they're playing poorly, but just the situation sucks. Um, and so I think everybody would be on board with with everybody playing right now. And here's the frame, Chris, and I think anybody would agree with this, but and if I'm wrong, let me know too. But for nine games for more than a month right now, they have been told that they are they are lost at sea. You know, they were not going to be on their feet by the time Creasa got back. They may not get a cook a cook back. They'll probably never get battle on the floor. All these things have fallen into place. But even at four and five, people think that Josh Eilert has no chance of the future as the head coach of the program. This team is not going to make the postseason, never mind the NCAA tournament. Everything has changed in the course of what? Five days, six days. The momentum right now for everybody who's in this ship for this one season, it was taken on water. It was sinking. It was going nowhere fast. Well, now it's on top of the water and it's skipping over waves. How are these people involved going to resist the temptation to lean into this and go forward? I, I just can't imagine a scenario like that. When you've been fighting and fighting and fighting so long, hope and crossing your fingers, looking for any angle and avenue just to get the opportunity to have a chance. Well, now when you have that chance and you've got some clear road ahead of you, um, yeah, it might be fleeting. It might just be three days, but I don't know how they would say no to this right now. And and Battle saying that he's already proven himself as a basketball player makes me think that if he puts three good games in, then he'll be fine. He can do enough. Like the, the reputation is out there. Is he an NBA player right now? Is he a first-round pick? I don't know. Is that going to change with 18 games, 21 games? I don't know. Farrakhan? I mean, obviously a different situation, but just imagine, imagine being in that locker room, being a part of this program that has just been taking, you know, shots to the head from side to side. Uh, how many weeks and months in a row right now? And then to get good news and to see some cause for celebration. <laughs> how can you stand in the quarter room and not get in the middle and dance with everybody else? I can't imagine that. Can't either. Uh, I can't either. I, they're going to rally around. Either. They're going to yeah. rally around their coach. It's going to be interesting these next couple of weeks. That is your uh, legal scholar edition of Country Roads Confidential. Big news, unexpected news, welcome news for sure, and it makes this basketball season a lot more interesting. Hey, Chris, good thing you and I will be hanging around and available to watch the game and answer questions on Saturday, huh? Yeah, so we throw throw Andrew into the fire, just dump him right in. You know, we're just going to be benevolent. We're going to take the Saturday off. We're just going to let him. We want to cover this game. We really do. It's so important, but we're going to let Andrew cover that one. Yep. Did look good in his resume. Until then, I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you then.